Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Tuesday, the 2nd of August. Today, I'm joined by John Duncan Falcon, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hi there, Duncan, how are you doing today? Hi, Peter, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Oh, good, thank you. I was slightly concerned then, because basically there's, there's a whole load of stuff going on outside um like with chainsaws and things and um i was thinking oh can i leave the window open because it's so hot in here uh, and then the <laughs> chainsaw just started just before so i managed to shut the window before anyway uh because otherwise the podcast have a very different vibe because the chainsaw was <laughs> yeah. going on at the same time People exactly. wonder what we're up to. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, so anyway, so there you go. Keeping it real here at, uh, at Watson's Daily HQ. Um, so, um, what story uh, did you find most uh, interesting from today's Watson's Daily? Yeah, so I, I picked out a story um, originally from The Guardian this morning. Um, it's mm-hmm. about JD Sports. And um, <laughs> they put JD Sports agrees to £38 million sale of Foot Asylum. Um, mm-hmm more JD Sports have been forced into a £38 million sale mm. asylum. Yeah. Um, so JD um, acquired Foot Asylum um, for about double that amount of money. Mm. Um, but uh, the Competition and the Market Authority had a few misgivings about them owning it um, on the grounds that it weakened competition. This car saga has been going on for a while. It's been a bit of a cloud over the company, um, which has been made worse by the fact that it turns out the deal was a bit dodgy in the first place anyway. Right. Um, so the people that put the two back, main backers of Foot Asylum and the CEO at the time um, the deal was done are all ex-JD sports people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the ex-JD CEO, Peter Cowgill, was caught having a uh, meeting in a car park with one of them, a guy called Barry Bound, who was the CEO of Foot Asylum, um, discussing things that he probably shouldn't have been, so kind of sensitive information and stuff before the deal had gone through. Mm-hmm. Um, footage of that got leaked. Uh, JD got fined, I think, 4.3 million as a result mm-hmm. of that um, mm-hmm. by the CMA already. So, um, yeah, so the whole deal wasn't particularly well constructed in the first place. A little bit dodgy in the sense that people that used to be at one now are at the other, and that deal kind of happened. Um, so, like I said, yeah, been leaving a bit of a cloud over 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 JD Sports and Futsal, to be fair, but both companies. Um, so, I think there's two sides to this, which is why I found it interesting. Um, there's the side that everyone will see, which is oh my word, they're selling it for less than 50% of the price they paid for it, mm-hmm. which is obviously not good. But I'd be more inclined to say this might be a blessing in disguise that is now done with, not obviously that the whole thing's happened, but mm. it's now done with because actually once the deal's done, the two companies are separate again, um, then JD and to be fair, Foot Asylum, but I'm going to concentrate on JD because that's, that's the main company in this story, um, can put the whole thing behind them. They've got rid of the CEO that may potentially have done something a bit dodgy, and they can get back to benefiting from the kind of increased athleisure trend and mm. the amount of people still buying their products. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I find it really interesting because <clears throat> obviously it's been in, the new, been in the news on and off for ages because of the CMA being involved. Mm. Um, and I just thought it was worth talking about because actually people will see the massive loss they, they're taking and maybe not think about the fact that, well, they're actually still part of a booming industry. They could do quite well if they do a proper reset now and get rid of that black cloud. So mm. yeah, that's, that that was my, my take. What's what's your take on this one? Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, I think that um, this uh, hopefully will draw a line under the whole sorry affair, um, mm. and it will give the company new impetus to impose sort of 
you know, if it wanted to, sort of new new initiatives. Um, the fact that this this guy Peter Cowgill um, has has gone, you know, you know, after eighteen years, so he hasn't gone here. He, he went a, w- a little while ago, but um, you know, eight. He was there for eighteen years, I think. Um, mm. So I think it's it's a good, uh, you know, it, it it could present a good opportunity um, to give them a clear. Uh, you know, a, a clear run uh, to do something new and exciting, potentially. You know, mm. some kind of expansion, international expansion. Um, but I mean, you know, I've always thought these these companies are, um, you know, are, uh, it's difficult. It's a very competitive area. I mean, um, I suppose the arch, the arch rival, um, you know, Fraser's Group Sports Direct, for instance. I mean, mm. actually, they they did really. They had pretty good results recently as well, and um, were uh, talking about expansion. So it seems that the athleisure thing seems to be continuing. I mean, I. I do wonder, I mean, how long can it continue? I mean, how many, um, you know, how how many pairs of joggers and trainers and things can people buy? I mean, in a way, I mean, I would have thought that, that you'd, you'd see more um, potential upside um, with smarter clothes. And I think we have seen that to an extent, you know, with, with regards to... Um, you know, more, more suits being bought for weddings and, you know, events and things that have been allowed to happen, um, you know, as we've come out of COVID. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I still maintain that I think that there's a good, that, you know, if you can find something that is somewhere in between leisure and formal, um, I think that could potentially be a sweet spot. And my uh, sort of <laughs> preference in that department, and I, I think I think it's a private company. So mm. whether or not it will come to fruition, I don't know. Um, but is Public Rec? Have you have you heard of them? I'm not that familiar with them, no. Okay, so Public Rec. Um, it's American. I mean, I'm just just having a quick look up here to see if it's actually on here. Um, but um, no, it's not on. It's not on there. So um, so yeah, Public Rec. As far as I know, it's an American company. <laughs> they make um sort of trousers for it so they they have this thing called the all day everyday pant right now uh, yeah I, <laughs> okay. know, I know i know um but obviously in the american sense of the word um and what is interesting is it's really good okay i can't believe i'm talking about this but anyway they they, they look like chinos but they are like mega stretchy, right? So they're quite sort of, uh, you know, they're not they're not baggy. They they're mm. very stretchy, and they look like chinos, but they feel like joggers. So I, um, I now know now now you say that I now know the company you're talking about because I've seen adverts for that product. Yeah, See, I didn't know you made them. <laughs> yeah, and, and I wonder, I wonder, and I really don't, I honestly don't know, but could they be like the next Allbirds? You know, like all birds, mm. all birds, whether you speak, you know, you've seen all birds on on social media all the time. And then, it, you know, it does a flotation. I mean, I personally think now I have to say here, I actually have a few of these, you know, trousers from Public Rec. And they are absolutely, I mean, I, this is they're not sponsoring. I wish they did actually sponsor this. But honestly, they are so mega comfortable. And what they're, they're really good, like when you're traveling. Um, it's just, so like sometimes when I've gone to oh, it's really revealing all here, but, you know, when I've gone to speak at different events and, you know, I've traveled, traveling a lot, 
I, I, I use, I wear these trousers because they're so blooming comfortable. You know, you're sitting on trains and various, you know, cars and whatnot, and um, they're really, really comfortable. So, um, I think that there is, I, I personally think that athleisure, it's gone on for so long yeah. that I wonder whether, pe- and there's, you know, there is a gap between sort of more formal and athleisure. And I think that is where a company like Public Rec could potentially um, come in. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've particularly, no idea. With the whole, particularly with the whole working from home trend continuing as well, you'd yeah. imagine something that feels like a jogger but looks like a chino would yeah. do well. Yeah. Because yeah, if if you if you're on a Zoom call or something with the boss and they do the oh, could you get up and get walk to the back of the room, please? Yeah. Test where people stand up and it turns out they're in their boxer shorts. You know, they're like they're they're, they're you know sort of uh, formal at the start. Maybe, maybe a slight a bit a bit of like the reverse of a mullet, which is uh, mm. what's it for? Um, work at the front, party at the back, whatever. Uh, is, <laughs> whereas, you know, the the, uh, the the workwear that you have on in the Zoom call is, is you know, for, formal on the top, you know, casual on the bottom, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you could you could pass that test with flying colours because they are so comfortable. But anyway. Yeah. I, so, I mean, knows? if anyone from JD is listening, that might not be a bad brand to start stocking, to be fair. Exactly, exactly. Um, and, 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 yeah, I mean... I, th- I feel like, yeah, th- there's definitely gaps in the market, isn't there, still? Even though, and I, I agree with you, I, there's got to be an end to the athleisure trend at some point, the, mm. the continuing rise of it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just, I just think this is, yeah, I, I think that actually, despite all the car scandals, despite the fact this is messed up, actually, after pa- Peter Cowgill's tenure, they're in a lot stronger position than they were before. Mm. They've gone, in those 18 years, they've gone from being a small retailer to being a FTSE 100 member with, like, I think it's two mm. and a half thousand outlets worldwide. Mm, yeah. I, I mean, that's still a fairly good place to be, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, let's hope. Let's hope that it won't be another Ted Baker, right? Yeah. Because Ted Baker was an, is a very good example of a company that relies on its very good leader, mm. and um, you know, Ted Baker um, was started by a guy called um, Ray. Oh God, what's his name? Ray something. Uh, Ray something like that. I'll try. I'll try and find it anyway. Um, so he was. Um, uh, yeah, he 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 had to stand down. Um, I, I don't know if you remember this, but he had to stand down. Um, uh, Ray Kelvin, by the way, that's it. Ray Kelvin, that's the one. <laughs> um, so yeah, so um, he had to stand down. Um, because apparently, you know, because he was alleged to, uh, it was uh, inappropriate behaviour. He hugged everyone basically. Mm. Now, actually, I know someone who knows him personally, and yeah. says he is like that in private. So. This this person that I know is quite a big lad, right? Right. And this um, Ray Kelvin hugs him, uh, you know, and it, 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 let's put it this way. He can't get his arms around all the way around. Right. So right. Um, so he does this every time he meets him or, you know, did do. I mean, I don't know if they've met recently, but um, but anyway, you know, it, it was taken badly. Um, inappropriate behavior. He had to leave. And the thing is, Ted Baker was basically it was Ray Kelvin. Because since he's left, the whole thing has massively fallen apart. Hmm. Um, and I don't think it's really recovered uh, ever since. So, you know, you do wonder whether, I mean, okay, Peter, I don't think Peter Cowgill actually started, or did he start JD Sports? He, uh, I'm not, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so. Don't he, don't think, I don't think he actually, but anyway, he's heavily involved with it and associated with it. So let's hope that, you know, it can move out of his shadow and, and continue to develop. Uh-huh. So. No, the company was established by John Wardle and David 
Makin, Mackin. They're the yeah. two people that are carrying backers of Foot Asylum. That was where the... Oh, like, that's where the J and the D come from, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that'll be, the, that'll be the one. Yeah, and like you said, because, I mean, this last this last card stat I found I thought was interesting. Is, um, Peter Gallagher generated total shareholder returns since 2004 of more than 15,000%, yeah, compared to good. an average of 211% across the FTSE 100. Yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? Pretty Heavily good. reliant on him, you'd think. So... Mm. Hopefully, they find someone just as good to, to move the company forward. Um, yeah. So, yeah, or people, before, or people, yeah, or people, yeah, people, yeah. yeah. So, um, before we talk about that for like the entire podcast, uh, <laughs> that was what I found most interesting to say. <laughs> well, yeah, what was your favourite story, Peter? So, I really like the story about Pearson. So, mm. Pearson is um, an educator, basically a publisher that specialises in education. Um, and it, you know, it used to own, um, uh, you know, things like the Financial Times and stuff. And, you know, it wasn't doing particularly well. Anyway, um, it it seems to be doing quite well now. It's really focused on educational content um, and that it was so it projected um, that it will its margins and things. It will still be okay. will be protected from an economic downturn because of the ongoing demand for its educational, its courses and its textbooks. But the other thing I found very interesting um, about it was that um, it is considering um, uh, applying NFTs to its online textbooks. And I thought, how does that work? Um, Hmm. But what is uh, there's a very interesting stat here is that apparently its textbooks are resold up to seven times. Now, much like, say, if you were to go and buy a car, uh, let's say you were buying a Volkswagen Golf. Volkswagen will only benefit, uh, the, you know, wh- when someone buys that car new. But then after that, when it's sold, they won't see any of the money. Mm. So similarly with this. So the idea with this is if they apply an NFT to a textbook, to a Pearson textbook, they will be able to continue to get revenues every time that is resold. So. I, I thought that was re- I thought that was a really interesting way of looking at what how they could monetize better what they already have. Hmm. Um, and you know it seems so they are in the middle of trying to move from sort of its the traditional backgrounds to um, you know uh, success in the digital business. So yeah. um, it's got something called Pearson plus um, and that gives uh, users access to online textbooks and other digital bits and bobs. Um, but that has um, that's done really well. Um, and, and apparently, even in the first half of this year, um, that's seen a 64% rise in users. Hmm. So um, the, other, the other interesting thing about uh, Pearson and what they were saying yesterday is that they feel that they are not only moving... Uh, well, they're, they're staying with their core, obviously, the, the education, but also they are trying to see growth in more sort of professional upskilling type courses and i think that's a good thing as well because um people in a i mean in in the current market um they might want to change career and take advantage of the of the um, buoyant market and in order to do that they might decide that they want to study uh, you know uh, get more qualifications um but the other thing of course is in a way you could argue it depends what the price points are but um, you could argue that they could um, uh, that that there'll be even more demand when the labour market gets worse. 
because there will be fewer jobs and therefore um you know you will presumably want to be more attractive to employers to put yourself ahead of everyone else um so i think that that's that's another interesting aspect as well but what, what do you think yeah i think we just said that about when the labor market slows down i think that is a very good point actually i think a lot of adults then you're looking at cvs what can you put on your cv to to strengthen strengthen mm. it an additional management qualification or business qualification or something would go a long way mm. i think the idea of this the pearson plus idea is genius mm. um, because so many people now would prefer to get i think their their the materials on an app or i mean if you had it on an ipad and you could highlight it and everything like you would a normal textbook Mm. saves Pearson money because they're not having to print the textbooks in the first place. But at the same time, so many institutions use their materials. Mm. You have so many students, both kind of university age and kind of more mature students as you kind of recall Mm. while your company is putting you through a degree later on in life or something Mm -hmm. would would use that service. Mm. And I mean, the, the NFT thing I think is, is really interesting. Yeah. Because I said, it's, you could, almost like reduce the price of the book as well up front, couldn't you? So, so mm. if the text was normally 20 and then they, they want to make 20 pounds out of it, sell it for 15, but then you get mm. nine quid the second time it sells, mm. seven quid the next time it sells, five the next time it sells, and you've made more money on it anyway. Mm. Whilst yeah. up front offering a, a lower price. Yeah. They say you then also make money every time it's sold, which is, yeah. uh, which is, I guess, a gap that retailers don't really get. You don't, mm. you don't ever make money other than that, like say the initial sale, like the car rolling off the forecourt or the, the book mm. leaving the shop. Yeah. And I think that, particularly as NFTs are getting more and more traction at the moment and more mm. and more popularity and awareness as mm. to what NFTs are, I think that's genius. Mm. Absolute genius. Yeah. I mean, well, I think it is good and let, let's see how it goes. But it does sound like they are making a successful transition anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one other thing I just thought about um, mm. was... I wonder whether there's a market here for with regard to Pearson. And I'm not. I have to. I have to confess. I'm not sure whether they're already doing it. But mm. you know, they could if they've got all these upskilling things. And you know, Pearson has a good name, right? It has a good name. You know, whether it could offer. Um, obviously, you know, it'll offer out its its um, uh, materials to people who just want to buy. But you know, the odd course here or there. But what they could do is um, is for is to go to um, companies who are, let's say, making people redundant. Like, let's say they're, they're cutting like 10 percent of the workforce or or something. And what they could do is maybe bundle these courses together and then go to um, uh, uh, these various employers and say, look, I tell you, you know, why why don't you um, get subscription to these uh, to our resources for leavers, and this will help them upskill themselves, and you know, you'll look more heroic. Mm. Um, it will cushion the blow, etc., uh, etc. Et and because I know that there are oh, well. the, there are these services around, right? I mean, this is this is what happens. You know, if you get made redundant at certain places, what they will do is they'll give you a package of stuff, you know, there'll, there'll be a service that helps you with putting your CV together and interview skills. Cause a lot of people may not have had interviews for years um, mm. and all this kind of stuff. And they, they put resource together, but yeah. maybe think... this is something that Pearson could really kind of push potentially if they are doing these professional 
type upskilling um, courses. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think a prime example of that recently is Coleman's, the stationary retailer, when they announced they're going to be shut in the summer. They gave staff, I think, three months notice mm. and, uh, and have proactively tried to help them all find another job before the end of that three months. Mm. So I'd say if that's something you could, like say, commercialise essentially and sell those mm. packages to lots more companies, mm. I said that's definitely a, a, a window of opportunity there, isn't it? Mm. I mean, I know there are other companies in this space, but I think that Pearson could really, if it doesn't do this already, could really, um, you know, kind of lean on its name. You know, mm. the fact that people know who it is and their products and things like that. So, because, yeah. um, so, you know, rather than some provider that they've never heard of, you know, so I think that that would be, that would be pretty good. <laughs> so there we go. I guess we'll better finish it there. Um, and, um, yeah, just to again, emphasize, I am going to be doing the, um, roundup of July, um, of what happened over July. I'm going to be doing that tomorrow. If you can, if you're interested, um, you know, please look at our socials for the registration details. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, so looking forward to that. Um, and apart from that, just thank you very much, Duncan, for your time today and your, thanks for having me. And um, thank you very much indeed for listeners for listening. Um, if you do like this podcast, please, could you give us a, a nice, um, uh, you know, kind of uh, endorsement and, and, you know, write a few nice words. That would be absolutely lovely. Some people have done that recently, and I'm very, very grateful for that. Uh, if you could do if you like this, um, please recommend to friends, please write us um, good reviews and that would be really great. Um, and yeah, we'd really appreciate it. But anyway, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, we, we really do appreciate the reviews. Yeah. It really helps. So. It, it really does. It really does. Um, so anyway, thank you very much indeed. Thank you for the listeners. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow uh, talking about more exciting things. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks, Bye.